0: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to Flashpoint, The Fire Inside Podcast, featuring leadership and team-building principles designed to ignite your inner fire and help you reach your full potential. On our program, you will learn from professional athletes, military and business experts, inspirational figures, leaders in the fire service, and other top achievers who have reached the pinnacle of success in their chosen fields. And
1: now your host, international speaker and best-selling author, Frank Viscuso all right jason patton welcome to flashpoint thank you so much having me on
0: man i appreciate it
1: Uh, i'm I'm, listen uh, the one i kept thinking like what could be the best question that i could ask jason (laughs) what just to start and the one that came to mind was were you funny as a kid growing up
0: I uh, i mean, I don't know if I've ever actually been funny in general, but I found myself funny <laughs> as a kid. So, uh, but yeah, growing up, uh, I, I definitely, I was the class clown. I know it's a shocker for a lot of people, but I, I enjoyed creating humor just in any kind of atmosphere. I know some of it was like a defense mechanism for, you know, God, I had something going on, so i made a joke. Or if i made myself look stupid, i made a joke to kind of get out of it. So yeah, I think so. My, bro- my two brothers and we-, we act pretty much identical to each other.
1: That's pretty funny. That's, I have uh, an older brother. Your brother's older or younger? Uh, both younger. Both younger. Okay. So I have a, a, an older brother that uh, so, w- somebody wants to describe. I said, you know what, my brother, um, I don't think he was the class clown because someone said he, he was the class clown. I said, I don't think he was the class clown. I said, because I think the class clown is the guy that runs across the football field in the winter during a snowstorm. My brother's the guy that talks that guy into it. That's who he is. So, um, you know, and I often think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's him. You know, let's have a good time. But and he was a firefighter, too. So my brother and I both kind of went through the fire service together. What attracted you to the fire service?
0: It was, it was pure happenstance. I uh, happened to... Uh, I was a mechanic and a buddy of mine came up to me. He's like, dude, I just finished EMT school. Uh, I love it. It's, it's really, really cool. So I was like, I'll try it out down here in South Florida. You have to be uh, uh, in the EMS as well as fire. If you want to get paid for 911 response, essentially, except for certain areas in like North Florida. But uh, I, he introduced me to it. I went to EMT school, fell in love with it. And then medic school and then fire school immediately after that And fire school was where, I just, I, the EMS side was, was cool. I loved the learning about the body and everything. But when I got into fire school, I I found that, that brotherhood that, that everybody loves about what we do, man. It was just so cool getting to, I I enjoyed the military aspect of it. Uh, I wouldn't do well in the military, but I I enjoyed the military aspect of it. And and it was just, uh, when you get it when you get to fight fire and you get to work together as a team, and you find the people that are the weakest links and then help them to help build them up, or I went through through some stuff while I was going through fire school and saw all the guys come together and help me, it, it was very cool.
1: Well, that is the one thing that you know, like a firefighter truly has two families, and, mm-hmm. and I do know people that come into our industry and and because I mean, I what, what I do, the amount of traveling and teaching and, and I guess coaching that I kind of do with people. Uh, every now and then I, I will come across firefighters that say, hey, I don't I'm not feeling the brotherhood at my department. Yeah. It's clicky. It's this. It's that. Sometimes they're complaining about leadership, sometimes about some of the new firefighters. They don't want to do anything. These people. And half the time, you know, I want to say, well, well first, that's what we're getting. For. The first and foremost, stop everything. And we need to look at each other like we're a family and families are not yeah. perfect. They're not mm-hmm but we got to look at each other like a family and understand that we're blessed that to have, and to have a second family. And for some people they don't even have, you know, they yeah. come from broken homes. And so this is more of a family than what they oh, had yeah. previously. So I, I can, uh, I can hear what you're saying there. Now we have a, I guess, a mutual friend and I just, I watched one of your videos and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Cause I want to talk about the progression to comedy. Cause mm-hmm. that's the thing that I'm attracted to um, is and what this show is kind of all about is, is helping people that are listening, find their passion and yep. go after and just create the life they want. Uh, we met some, some cool people like Stepe, you know, UFC mm-hmm. fighter. Uh, I was out in Ohio teaching one day and the guys uh, said to me, Hey, when you're out here, is there anything you want to do? I said, you know what? I really like to meet Stepe. I knew he was a town over. And I said it one time, I didn't think much of it, but they know I'm a big MMA fan and uh, mm-hmm. sure enough, after class they say um hey uh oh we got dinner set up we're gonna um stop by i can't remember what they said stop by here then we're gonna go we're gonna have dinner i'm like cool and i remember specifically thinking oh that stinks i was hoping we were gonna stop by and meet stipe well i didn't know he was coming to dinner with us so (laughs) they invite him he comes out i'm like man this guy's this guy's pretty cool he seems down to earth he he's a, a a firefighter that that's chasing his dream They're together, mm-hmm. another firefighter chasing his dream. How did that come about? The two of you meeting,
0: man, uh, it was again, you know, we, we always talk about things in, in our lives where we kind of expect everything to be a linear, a linear progression. progression. And, 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 and this was actually a great example of how sometimes your biggest failures can can kind of create, uh, bigger opportunities that you you would never even thought of. I, uh, we made a video for fire department coffee and it was about, uh, kind of like sports stuff, but it was all about dirt bikes and, um, you know, racing and and all these things. And we actually filmed it out in California, really cool experience. And, our biggest flop to date, uh, most expensive, biggest flop. When like it did not perform well at all. The video was well outside of what we normally do, and but it happened to be that one of the three thousand people that saw that video was Stevie's managers. So he, they reach out and they're like, Hey, we love the video. Like the video was really cool. And we're like, ah, we would probably do better. And they're like, well, we'd love to possibly do some stuff with you with Steve pay part fire department coffee. So we, uh, he and I, well, we, we got, got together, figured out what we we're going to do with him. And I went out there and I literally went by the station just to drop off some coffee. I was like, Hey man, I'm going to drop a off a couple bags of coffee. Appreciate you. Uh, you working with us. And he and I sat there for like an hour and a half. We sat there for an hour and a half on the tailboard and just talked. And and it was such a cool experience to see a guy who is where he is in the world of MMA and everything he he is just another brother firefighter and it was a very very cool experience and what was truly a, incredible to me was that he said hey man i love fighting i think it's awesome but i got to support my family so he's like i got i got to get onto a full-time uh, department got to get that health insurance and you know make sure i can take care of my family for the long term and i was like Man, that's that's amazing to see someone with the passion that he has for mma but the, enough forward thinking to understand
1: that he's got to have some kind of uh end, end goal so i have a uh, uh, quite a few friends that have fought and still fight in uh in the ufc and in other uh major promotions and i get that man uh, you know they're they're all looking for something else it's not like boxing where you can make 17 million dollars for a fight i know you know i, I mean and they can make a tremendous amount of money but it's it's a it's a short lifespan i mean we got a really good deal here. i like to explain that to firefighters is uh whether you're a career or volunteer i mean these are we're talking two different mindsets when it comes to what i'm about to say but if you're a career firefighter and you have to understand i mean this is one of if not the greatest profession out there it's dangerous but it's extremely well respected mm-hmm. and has a t- tremendous amount of rewards and uh so uh when i see a guy like him and a guy like you because obviously you know you guys got some great stuff happening outside here. Understand and evaluate what we have here. That speaks volumes about our profession. So, thank you for that. Yeah. No, your com- your comedy progression, like uh, as far as making the videos, was this just hey one day hey I got a good idea for a video? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man. And I've said this a thousand
0: times, and I and I will believe it until the day I die. I'm not special. I uh, there's a thousand of me out there, but guys that you know are messing around the stations. I've seen people obviously on TikTok. It's kind of allowed people to creates uh, videos that don't require such high uh value production for some of these. But um, I got lucky, man. I, 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 had the right chief at the right time who uh, obviously uh, made us get tested on your book. <laughs> yep. Yep. He, uh, chief Duran was the guy's name. Uh, okay. he, amazing guy, like such a good dude. And he, uh, he came in completely transformed our departments. He was like the, uh, the type of leader that I believe a lot of people should, tried to kind of emulate and it was simply because he didn't come in with fear he came in and asked for respect he showed respect and because of that uh he got a lot of people that were willing to do anything and everything to make sure that he looked good at all times and and then he took care of us so it was it was a very cool experience but yeah he uh came in saw the videos when I started making them and uh, after they started kind of moving he pulled me aside he was like hey listen um i love this it's it's cool a lot of chiefs don't like it i'll tell you that right now but uh, i'll let you keep doing it he goes but uh don't put the department in anything i don't want to see any of our symbols in it so i had to kind of change what i was doing for a little bit and i uh, said don't do anything stupid i don't want to see you riding on top of like ladder trucks and throwing things at people and if you get fired you do this to yourself i'm like okay that uh that sounds great man <laughs>
1: so
0: it was uh very yeah,
1: cool yeah no, that, that it's, it's interesting. Uh, I had met uh, Chief Kurd, yes. who I believe he's your current chief right now, right? Yes. So um, I was down at FDIC. This was just last year. And I'm sitting down. It's funny you mentioned my book, because I'm sitting, I just uh, went to grab something before FDIC really started. This was, I think, uh, you know, a day before. And he's uh, sitting down with his wife, a, a few uh, chairs away from me. And he just says to me, um, are you Frank You I'm like, I am. And he said, you know, I read your book and we just start talking. And in the conversation of talking, he says, yeah, I'm actually Jason Patton's chief. That's how he That's how he <laughs> <laughs> introduced himself. And I'm like, so my, this was my immediate thought when he said that was, because I figured, you know, I, I'd like to ask him, I said, um, do you support what he does? I was hoping he said yes. Because quite honestly, a lot of people, that have reached, I uh, i don't know if you want to say notoriety, but a lot of people that have um, either written books or are on the speaking circuit or whatever, don't always have the support of their chief. Mm-hmm. And so, so I was curious and he goes, oh yeah, he goes, I love what he's doing. I'm in full support. And he started talking about how it's, how, how humor helps people mm-hmm. and, and, and how you're using your gift to do something good. And I'm like, thank you oh man I'm telling you I, I and I and then I get met you because I didn't meet I didn't meet you before that I met you after that and I said man you your chief uh he supports you and that's rare so you know congratulations on that huge yeah no and I appreciate that and that was
0: uh when when Chief Duran left and chief and chief Curt took over I was genuinely impressed because he came in and uh he was like hey look we're, we're good everything's fine same rules that were set but said before just you know please like and, and and he always said it jokingly he's like just please, don't get me fired all right man <laughs> i was like don't don't get me fired so and and i always and but i tell you what immediately i i uh wanted to keep that same line of respect between he and I and we've become friends and I still call him chief no matter what's going on and because I, I think it is important you know and I do whatever I can to support uh my fire department at this point in time but he he is a true again it, like chief the darn came in kind of changed the way our department operated and then chief Kurt kept it going and I mean and now he's building or we will finish building probably the greatest uh, f- uh, fire station in the United States to date that's
1: been built and, and he's finishing it next month. That That is awesome and um, just uh, the, the mutual respect I think is fantastic. Um, I want to share with you, so one of my favorite videos, the, the 14 things you never want to hear an EMT paramedic say. <laughs> yeah. I, I listen to that and I'm like this is, it's great stuff. I know you <laughs> do that. And I don't know what you call it, but I guess it's things people actually said on calls. I don't know if that's got a segment name, but um, so here's, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and you do the one about the uh, hunting for the paramedic, all this. I mean, this is funny stuff. It's good stuff. I laugh at it. Um, Your mannerisms are great, but here's, here's, what's really funny. When I did meet you at FDIC, uh, of course, you know, we exchanged numbers and here I am just a few months ago, I'm in Florida. And I'm and I'm. Uh, I taught when I was down there, but my boys were also playing in a baseball tournament, and you now I had to leave a day before my family left because I had to come back and teach in this area. Uh. I'm taking an Uber to the airport, and uh, and as I'm talking to the guy, you know, young younger kid. He just says, "Uh, you know, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I, you know, I'm a retired firefighter, but I do. Oh, hey, you're a firefighter? I said, yeah. Now I'm expecting him to say, I want to be a firefighter or I respect fire. I'm expecting that. He goes, you ever see that video uh, where the guy, and he talks about throwing the, uh, the, the uh, extinguisher into the fire. I'm like, and I'm thinking immediately about your video. He can't be talking about that one. I'm like, uh. he, I'm like, I think. He goes, no, I'll pull it up for you. Now he's driving. He's like, I'll pull it up for you. You don't have to pull it up now, buddy. It's okay. We could do this when we stop. He's like, no, no, no. I can get it real quick because I have it saved. And oh he shows my it God. to me and it's you. And I'm laughing back there. So I'm immediately I start dialing you. Okay. And when he's done, I said, I said, you like him? He goes, I swear I love this guy. He's so funny. I'm his biggest fan. I'm like, you want to meet him? He's like, I would love to meet him. I said, hold on. I start and I call you. He couldn't believe it. And uh, when I put you on the phone with him, you should have seen his face. First of all, thank you for taking that call. And that's the one thing that I have to say. You know, you have millions of followers, very successful, but you do things like this. When we hung up, by the way, he said, tell him I will be his Uber driver for life and I'll never have to pay me. So you didn't have to be driving yourself. (laughs) But that... That and this is what I I love the most about you is um, when I go to FDIC and I walk by the the fire department coffee your stand and I see you and Fenton taking pictures shaking hands with everybody for hours upon hours I mean it's not like you guys say, hey this is a one hour meet and greet I do one hour book signings at the end of the hour I go I grab myself a soda. I- sit down with my friends. I go get lunch. You're there the whole day. And, um, uh, I don't know how to say this. So I'll just say what's on my heart. Thank you for being that type of person, because that's the type of person we need more of in this life and in this industry.
0: Man, I can't, no, I, I greatly appreciate that. Cause it's, uh, it's humbling. It's an amazing experience every single time. I, I, I hope, I hope I never get used to it because, uh, I, I have a I have a good understanding that one day I will be I will no longer be relevant and and I and I just think it's an incredible thing as people I I'm thankful that people find what I find funny funny and I. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it every single time, no matter where I am. Uh, I got recognized a couple of times yesterday, at, like Walmart and stuff. And it's just cool, man. Cause again, people are like, Hey, and there's smiles and we get to talk and I get to learn about them and what they do. And, and it's, it really is. It's a very, very cool experience. And I appreciate you saying that. Cause, uh, we, we, we never take advantage of it. We don't, we don't, uh, take it for granted. We, we truly appreciate it every single time.
1: It's a special thing, you know, if if you if you're touching and moving somebody or giving them and what you do is special uh, because it's comedy, it's comedy. You know, we need comedy heels, man. Yeah. I was a person, uh, first of all, first time uh, when I started speaking in public, uh, I never expected to do nearly the amount of traveling and speaking that uh, have come to do because I, one of the first times I spoke, I'm speaking with Vincent Dunn, the legend. I mean, to me, Vincent, mm. Duns, he's an icon, and he, um, I'm doing a seminar, and I'm speaking just before him. And part of what I'm trying to do when I'm speaking is, I'm there's a part of me that says, look, I got Vincent Dunn in the front row watching me, and I kind of want to impress him. You know, I don't want him mm. to say, "What's this guy doing on stage?" So I guess I tried acting more serious than I normally am, and I guess uh, cooler than I am. I'm not cool at all, right? So (laughs) after the seminar, and he did his thing, it was great. After the seminar, we're sitting down and we're talking, and uh, we exchanged numbers too. And I texted him. I said, thank you again. It was an honor being able to share a stage with you. He said, let me just give you one bit of advice. Smile more. Mm. And I thought, wait, what? Like, I guess I was just too serious. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I started realizing was this. And um, like, we we do have a very stressful career. And a lot of things that happen that we see, you know, the, the trauma, the stuff that we don't talk about it, we need to release, we need to figure out a way to get this message out to people. And I said, you know, I'm going to start using humor in my presentations. So I, yeah. I specifically, and I, to me, it's almost there's no system to it but I would say if you sit through you know two hours of me speaking you're gonna laugh 10 times I can guarantee you that much because I work that stuff in there because I want people to feel good and I want to keep yeah. their attention and yeah. and it's dry humor it's not you know I'm, I'm gonna and I'll get your permission but I'm gonna find a way to get a couple of your videos worked into the presentation <laughs> too for any time people need to laugh yeah yeah do you um Yeah, go ahead. I'm
0: a massive, I'm a massive fan of dry humor. I love dry humor. I just think dry humor and, um, and just, you know, uh, even like awkward silences, like any of that stuff is so funny to me because I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. There is something about humor that kind of releases the room slightly. And that, that's, that's what you need when you're trying to have serious conversations with people or you're teaching them things you, you want to be able to pull them into what you're saying get them inspired you know show them the examples fill their brain with whatever information they need and then release them with with the humor they relax a little bit you get a little another dopamine release into the brain okay cool and there's studies that that show that comedy and humor and laughing helps people understand information better uh, sure. it makes it more interesting almost more nuanced to them so, uh, no, man, I, I love that. But dry humor is probably my my uh, my favorite type of humor.
1: I just and, and it's, it's so good. It's good. And, and it happens so naturally in every fire department in the country. I don't think we realize it. Well, my dad, this first of so all, my father, Sebastian Giuseppe Vescuso, right? I like to say wow. he's a nice Irish boy. <laughs> yeah. An Italian, Papa Joe, my grandfather, you know, came from Italy, as my grandmother did. And uh, my father's nickname is Zibby. When he was a young firefighter, they had this brush fire in town and um, nobody knew like how it started. But there was an old Italian gardener that was in the area and he's the only one that might have known what ignited the fire. So the uh, the chief calls my father over. Again, he's a young, young firefighter. Zibby, again, being this thing, he goes, Zibby, come here, he calls him over and he says, Zib, I need your help. I need information from this guy. He's Italian. He doesn't speak any English. So my father says, well, what do you need from me? He goes well. First, I need the guy's name. So my father looks at the guy and he goes, "What's your name?" He goes, "Chief, "Chief, I don't speak Italian." (laughs) So, right there, they start this. How do you not speak Italian? Your father speaks Italian. He's like, he doesn't want me to speak Italian. He wanted me to, Uh, you know. And this is you know one of these things that's happening on the scene, which is which is which is fun because. Uh, again, here we are, you know, 40 years later, and I'm telling you this story. Yeah. That's um, so funny. I love that. But but that's what's cool about the stuff that you do when you take these, you know, things that happened on actual calls. And were mm. they all calls that you responded to, or are they stories that some people told you?
0: no these are calls that that i've responded to and 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 i will change the details of some of them just you know just in case anyone's going hey i think you know so right. uh, like the, the names or stuff like that but uh yeah these are these are calls that i've come across that i that i've run um some the only thing there was only one of them where i just used a story that somebody uh, had told me, but, and it was that they told me personally when I was teaching CPR is what it was. And they were asking for like, Hey, uh, so I did this on a, when I, at my mom's house, when this happened, I'm like, Oh, you should never have done that. That's really, really bad. They're like, but it worked. i like, so you still shouldn't do it. So, but um no, this is all stuff that I've seen or heard or come across the, the one where the guy, the cop passes out because the thing was sit, sticking in the person's butt. Uh It was actually in their back, uh, but they, uh that was a hundred percent true. It was one of the first calls I ran in my department and just watched this cop. He was not doing well, man. He was going down. It was hysterical it was to watch. So yeah, these are, uh, I, I, I could, there's just thousands of calls that we've all run. And the best part is, is I will post something about like the person that gave insulin to the unconscious person. And I post that. And all it is is comments of people like I did, I ran the same thing, the same, like everybody runs the same calls all across the world. And it's, it's hysterical.
1: I find that to be true. I tell people uh, that by the time I'm done speaking today, you're going to think I work for your department. Because all the yeah. stories, it's the same. It really is. Yep. like certain things. Uh, 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 like one question I'll ask, do you have any drama at work? And everybody rolls their eyes and giggles. Yeah, of course you have drama. You're people working together. Yeah. Uh, I, I found that I ask a question. Um, Raise your hand if you've ever worked for a micromanager. 95% of the hands go up every time. And I mm-hmm. typically say at that point, well, 95% of the hands went up. The only hands that aren't going up are the hands of the people sitting next to their boss right now, who might manage them. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it's the same everywhere. Yeah, and and again, that that brings me back to where humor helps. Humor helps heal. Um, mm-hmm. I was a guy that when I was younger, uh, as a kid in high school, even I dealt with stress and anxiety. You ever deal with stress, anxiety, depression, any of that stuff yourself? I think oh, someone yeah. said <laughs> that, that that you may have. Yeah.
0: No, I I've. Uh throughout my life. I I actually for a long time dealt with anxiety of public speaking. It was really bad. Uh, in fact, uh, the first time I ever taught CPR, I almost passed out in front of the class. And thankfully I had a second instructor there and he took over and I walked outside and I called my mom the next day. And I was like, Ma, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I can teach. And, and she's like, just remember every time you go into a room and you are teaching Anybody, they believe that you are the absolute expert on that subject. So just go with that every single time, and I did, and it was incredible. It just releases you to understand that, like, even if you say something wrong, correct yourself. You know, oh, you know what? And I've done that multiple times. But everybody in the room is there to learn. So yeah, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it on a personal level for a lot of my life, and and I think it just that's where a lot of my humor came from. You see that with most comedians. Uh, but okay. for me, what I've, what I've learned over time is that for me, it's just realistic expectations in the morning. And I teach, uh, you've seen me do how to hug 101. Um, and when I, when I teach on that, it's, it's the basics. I don't wake up to be happy. I wake up to be content and then I kind of figure out how the day is going to go. But every day when I wake up in the morning, I just try to reset back to baseline and it helps man. And, but the biggest thing I've learned with, and I'm hopefully going to be moving towards becoming an officer here soon. Uh, biggest thing I've learned with dealing with people is the number one thing you need to do with anybody in a conversation, especially in the firehouse. Uh, is just validate whatever they're saying in the moment, as long as it's not like I'm going to go murder Mike over there. Uh, you know, and then do you like Mike? That that would be the question I would ask. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of times just saying like, dude, I completely understand why you feel that way. Or I can see why you would feel that way. Man, that 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 diffuses ninety nine percent of issues that I've seen people have within uh, uh, the fire service.
1: That's so true. And I just had a guest on uh, two episodes ago, Sarah Westbrook, and she's an expert at dealing with people. And and she said and we did a little clip from our video and it's called It's Okay to feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. And it's something she, she goes around and talks to kids in schools and she says it's so important that you validate it and make them understand it. Hey, it's okay to feel what you feel. Maybe yeah. the way they're going about dealing with it isn't right, and we can talk about how we can deal with it better. But it's yeah. like I try to explain it this way if you're hot, you're mm-hmm. in your house and you're hot, and your spouse is cold, that doesn't mean that she's lying and she's not cold. You know, yeah. your spouse could be cold and you could be hot. You could both be feeling two different things in the same, and it doesn't mean either one of you are wrong. Yeah. And that's, I think, when we're dealing with people. And and that is a key Um, when you uh, and I think you'd be a great officer because you have this sense of of people. You mentioned your chief earlier about how um, how he was a good leader and he kind of set this tone. And I I heard you before in an interview talk about him. And I can't I can't remember exactly what you said, but I, I want to say that he came up to you guys and and asked the question of what can I do to make this fire department better? Is that correct? Was that something yeah. he did?
0: Yeah. The first, uh, so chief uh, Duran, Right. First thing, he, first thing he did, he got it. He got his office ready. And within a week he had like settled in and done all the HR stuff. He wanted to make sure he had his white shirts. So he got his, his, his uniform and he went to every fire station. We only have four fire stations, but he went all to right. every fire station on every shift and talked to every guy that, that he could and guy and girl. And he said, what can I do to make it better? But he opened up, you know, listen, expectations, like managing expectations is such a good managerial thing. And, and that's how, what he did. He walked in and said, tell me what you need me to change. Like, what can I do to help make this, uh, this place better? I can't, I can't do everything, you know, but tell me what I can do. And, and he did it and he got us pay raises. He got us better trucks, but he also got us a uniform policy Then and he said, I expect every one of you to wear the uniform properly and everyone to wear the same uniform. And then he said, I will stand up for you no matter what's going on as long as you don't make me look stupid. And that's, and that like, so don't go like, you know, drive drunk somewhere or something like that. If you got a drinking problem, tell me and I'll take care of you. And that's, but what he did was he created a, uh a place where we created pride because if you have pride in your in your fire department you're going to want to invest more into it physically and mentally so that's what he did and then sh- that's what he did with chief kurd chief kurd uh followed that same thing and he's been one of our biggest uh inspirations he's invested tons of money into mental health and the, again the fire department to make us a little more prideful in what we do and and listen true leaders inspire people fake leaders get through fear. Like that's, that's, and fear only goes so far. Eventually you get over the fear and then it becomes, you know, you Google after yourself. So if you inspire yes. them, they will always want to follow behind you.
1: I agree with you a hundred percent. And, and I talk, I call that, you know, leading through inspiration or intimidation. And there's a plenty of people out there that um, for whatever reason, think that they're going to motivate you by making you fear them. That doesn't work in this industry. No.
0: Well, your parents your parents do it. That's what your parents do. You know, one of the worst things your parents can say to you is, man, it really disappoints me that you did that because you're like, oh, my heart hurts. hurts. (laughs) So, I mean, and that's what it is, like a true leader that leads to inspiration and you want to make them proud. And then they're like, yeah, that's it's really disappointing that you did that. You're like, okay, what can I do? So I never have to feel this again. Like what, what do I have to do to fix this? And It's so, and it, it's, it works.
1: It's so funny you said that. Cause I mean, I remember one time when I was disappointed in my son and my initial response was uh, I felt myself getting angry at him and I pulled him aside and I say, I just want you to know I'm really disappointed in what you just did there. And I could see, he was like, Oh, I said, well, let's talk about what you need to do next time. That would be the right yeah. way to handle that situation. And, yeah. you know, I, I when I when I handle things that way, I feel like that's a dad victory. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I, you know, this is the question I ask my kids a lot if I'm kind of, if I have to discipline them for something, I'll ask them this. Do you think I love you a little bit or a lot? <laughs> In other words, I never want them to guess whether or not I love them. Yeah. So they always say, no, we know you love us a lot. Dad. Of course, I love you a lot. That's why I'm doing this, yeah. because if I don't do this now, this is what you'll continue to do. And this is what happens later in life. Yeah. So um, every now and then I get it right. And then other times I just flip my crap and go nuts on them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's when I got to yeah. turn on Jason Patton's videos to bring me back to Earth. <laughs> and Fen, by the way, how can I not talk about fat How did you guys meet?
0: So Fenton and I met, uh, he messaged me at one point in time when I first started getting into it and he's like, Hey man, I'd love to do some stuff with you. And I was like, absolutely, bro. And, uh, it was actually through fire department coffee because, uh, fire department coffee, was was looking for other kind of, uh, inspirational people. And he dude, you want to talk about a guy who he is a, uh, he's been in the fire fire service for 20 years he is a promoted captain a uh the pio for his department uh i mean this guy is he's done it right and, and done a very good job he's okay. and he's run like the charitable side of their of their stuff uh when it comes to like and they raise a ton of money for their uh during their charities for their benevolence but he and i met man and i was like hey man we've got to start bringing you out for videos and he comes out and he's just he does such a good job at being that raving psychopath in videos. He just he is so good at it, man. And um he's got like 46 kids. Uh so that's <laughs> <laughs> that's my friend as well. But yeah, Fenton Fenton is one of those guys that if you need something you call him. He gets it done. Like he, he's he's a very very good very good guy.
1: That's awesome. It's good that you guys connected you guys are a good, a good comedy team together. Your uh Thank your you. wife I had the opportunity to meet or not talk to her too much. But... Uh, and you have a daughter, right? Yeah, seven-year-old uh, daughter, one, seven-year-old one, yeah. daughter. That does she watch your videos?
0: She does. Uh, actually, caught her one day on YouTube. And the funniest thing, and, and I think uh, I understand why people have kids because it's the, the things that she, she did one thing, and I thought I was like, like my heart melted. I was like, this is so cool. She was going through YouTube watching my videos, and she finds probably one out of 10 funny because she, she has doesn't no understand clue what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, any of it. But every video she got to on shorts, she liked it. She, just it. she just liked it every single one. I was like, man, she's just like, she's such a cute kid. And uh, she's playing piano now, which is fun. And, uh, you know, a lot, she doesn't want to, she did 10 lessons, got to play a little, uh, Twinkle to a Little Star and something else in a, like an online uh, recital. And she was like, nah, this is too hard. I want to do it. And I was like, all right, how about I learn a, uh, I'll learn a, a song on guitar if you do 10 more lessons and she's like, okay, I'll do it. And I just know like, like that for kids, man, like, yeah, I think they should speak another language. She speaks, she speaks two or two languages, almost three languages now. And now she will have her playing an instrument. So we'll uh, give her all the things she needs to be a a successful human.
1: That's pretty awesome. I'm still trying to figure out this one language. I didn't realize (laughs) how little I knew about this language. So I started writing, and I'm like, okay, I'm writing with a thesaurus next to me, just trying to find a better word to say what I'm trying Dude. to say. I'm you, telling uh, you,
0: we don't. <laughs> it's so true. It's so
1: true. It's crazy, you know. Well, people, listen, I, to give people hope. I mean, and I've told this before, but I wrote my very first book with two fingers using my thumb for the space bar and looking for each letter as I'm typing it. You know, I've graduated. Now I use three fingers and a thumb, <laughs> but I've never been one to get caught up on the details. It's like I, I sat down just not too long ago watching a buddy of mine. He's an attorney and a financial planner. I mean, he's like anything he wants to do. He's just brilliant, 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 brilliant guy and I'm watching him type so quick. I'm looking, I'm going, holy cow. I've never seen this. And he said, what? I said, I've never seen anyone use all 10 fingers typing. And he goes, <laughs> dude, you, you wrote 10 books. I said, I know with three <laughs> fingers. I've never seen this. And it's so quick. I'm, but, but I explained to him that I said, my brain doesn't work as quick as your fingers are moving. So if I even could type that quick, I wouldn't anyway, because my brain yeah. wasn't formulate the sentence at that speed. So yeah. we got to, we, gotta, we Find what we um, what we're good at. And my son, uh, Frankie, not too long ago, um, it was an assignment at school was, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nick wanted to be an artist. I said, this is great. I'm going to introduce you to Paul Combs, uh, you know, the greatest artist, artist in our industry. (laughs) And um, Frankie says, I want to be a YouTuber. I'm looking at this going. Uh, yeah, I don't want my son. This is, this is years ago. I don't want my son being a YouTuber. I mean, I want him to pick a real job. So I I go to Uh work and I'm telling the guys at work, He says he wants to be a YouTuber. So a couple of the younger guys go, oh, chief, do you know how much YouTubers make? I'm like, Uh no, what do they make? And they're showing me the figures. I'm like, Frankie, I support the YouTube channel. (laughs) Let's do it. Uh, If somebody wanted to start a YouTube, a, a social media, if somebody wanted to do what you're doing, what kind of advice would you give them? And I'm, my son right now is 13. Imagine you're talking to my 13 year old and he says, you know, I really want to be a YouTuber. What advice yeah. would you give?
0: I would say find something you're passionate about, something that, that you truly enjoy, because within the realm of content creation or writing books or whatever it is, there are massive lows in this and you always need to be able to come back to what originally got you into it, which should be the inspiration. Um, so find the inspiration, try to curate it, have realistic expectations from the beginning. That that videos that you put out will not get massive amounts of views. And even if you do have a couple in the beginning, that get massive amounts of views. There's going to be a lot of them that just don't get that. Um, so then try to I do go with the ebbs and flows and then find paths. So, or find uh, trends. So uh, originally it was me finding different things in the fire service that were funny, different people you work with. Then I kind of uh, went back and forth with uh, educational stuff that was specific to, hey, you know, this is what the the five things you need to know about interviews, uh, you know, uh, different types of IV starters, you know, that kind of thing. Then I went to green screens and now my new trend is the real things I've seen in the fire service and, and, and being a paramedic. So, you know, it just kind of waking up each day, trying to find a new thing and just realistic expectations. That's that's the biggest thing. A lot of people tell you to put out five videos a week. I think you're insane if you try to put out five videos a week. I would lose my mind if I did that. Uh, but if you can do it, then do it. So it's uh, it's hard, but if you stick with it, the long term, especially when it comes to the money you can make, is 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 very, very, very profitable.
1: The uh, it's that whole compound effect. As I was explaining before we went live, that my um my Facebook step up and lead Facebook page reached uh, over 17 million people. Uh, and I just in the last actually the last 28 days is what it was and I'm That's and I'm looking good. yeah because yeah. I remember when I was reaching about 1 million a month and the growth it has right now like every time I refresh it I'm like there's another hundred there's another 300 there's another 500 mm-hmm. six seven thousand in the last couple of weeks and I'm thinking I'm not really even posting that much but if the content's finding, the audience and they like it. And by the way, I don't do that for profit. I mean, there's no profit, but it is part of my brand, I guess. So it all is yeah. connected, um, yeah. you know, cause I'll post clips of our videos on there just to kind of help promote this. And it, yeah. and it is connected, man. But, but I think that uh, what I see is a lot of people want to do this type of stuff. They want to podcast. They want to start channels. That's good. Do it. I will caution them against one thing. And I'd like your thoughts on this. We, we have fire house, we have fire station humor. Yes. And I think fire station humor needs to stay in the fire in station. The fire station, and Yeah. You agree with that?
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's and that's that's the one thing when people said, How did you become successful in video creation about the things that we see and hear all the time? And that was it. I said I, I lead fire I take fire station humor, run it through a PC filter and then uh put it out on the internet because you can't you cannot take what we say in the fire station and and put it out into the internet i mean crap you know i'm sure as you were you're retiring you were seeing that sometimes even the in-station humor is starting to get kind of buffered down a little bit like man you can't say that anymore so um yeah 100 just Look, if you're able to do it and it's not what your what your uh platform is built on, stay away from race, religion, and politics. Just right. that's just just stay away from it. Because if you're truly, if it is a profitability thing, then you need to be able to market to everybody. So you need to stay away from those three things because those are gonna segment you into certain areas. Um, but also a lot of times it's just it's just too it's just too swinging. You might as well just have a good time. If it's humor, if you're do or if you're doing anything that's cooking or playing games, you know, same thing. And you know, the, the biggest thing I try to tell people is when you say it and you put it on the internet, it's there forever. <laughs> like yeah. It ain't coming down, man. Someone's got a screenshot of it or recording. So, um, look, I do it for the passion. It's fun. And, and that's truly for me. Oh, the last thing I would say, any, if your son is doing it, and I don't know of a better way to say this, but uh, don't prostitute yourself with, uh, ads or, uh, like, uh, sponsors and stuff. Cause people, once, once they start seeing you do that a whole lot, they're not going to want to watch you anymore. So sure. get your key people, make yourself valuable. I only work with X amount of brands per year. If you want to be one of those, then we can figure out how that'll work.
1: Right, right. I got that. And, you know, and one thing you talk about religion, race, politics, and not talk about them. Somebody once asked me at the fire in a fire at the firehouse kitchen table, why can't we talk about that stuff at work? And my answer was because every war in the history of the world was fought over race, religion, and politics, and millions of people mm-hmm. have lost their lives. That's how passionate people are. And yeah. in this world where we're in a sense being being conditioned or, or taught to hate or fear the opposing point of view which I disagree with completely yeah. my belief is you could you could disagree with people and still be friends but in this world the cancel culture and all that stuff it, it's dangerous to, to put that stuff out yeah. there and I don't think when we talk about fire service humor I want people that are listening to this to understand something it's not firefighters specifically and deliberately saying things that they know is wrong. Mm-hmm. It is, I think, a vent. It's a release. We just got back from a call. It was stressful. We're processing it. It's this place. This kitchen table, as an example, is this place where you say stuff that maybe it's not politically correct, but you're not saying it for that reason. You're saying something to get yeah. off your chest, but but you may not even know what you're saying is something that yeah. shouldn't be Because we're 100%. Right. because They're firefighters. We're not educators and we're not sitting in class all day long where people are saying, well, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. You're just saying stuff you've been saying. I I one time said to one of uh, my firefighters, I called him up to the office because I can hear him down in the kitchen and he's he's uh, he's using a lot of words that I'm saying, all right, uh, I'd rather you stop using these particular words because um, that they, you could say everything you want to say. I actually asked them, go in a dictionary and and go to the sections that starts with F and find <laughs> me that four letter word you keep saying. <laughs> and, and and so he says to me, he goes, ah, oh, Chief, I get I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. And I said, listen, I'm just trying to help you. I don't yeah. I don't mind hearing the word, but that's yeah. a word we don't want, you know, be saying out in public. You don't want and it's become so much of a habit you don't realize you're saying it because you'll yeah. say it, you'll use it three times. And so I said to him, Don't say something that you wouldn't want to, to say in front of your mother in law. This is what he yeah. says to me. Chief, you don't know my mother in law. She's worse. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I love that. Dude. That's, uh, that's, right? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm, I, I 100%, man. I, 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 you know, I always say like, I my- know like a person. I think
1: fire. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> No, I'm <laughs> my videos. But if you meet me in person, I you, you've probably figured that out. I curse a lot. Um, but I just don't do it in the videos because I want it to be age-friendly. Because I have like, like eight-year-old kids that come up. They're like, I love your videos. And then 90-year-old guys that and, and women that say the same thing. So you want to be able to appeal to everybody. But yeah, we use this in-station humor to deal with what we see. I mean, we've seen some really bad stuff, things that no yeah. human should ever see. So we kind of like try to get it off our chest by that. And we all laugh at the station. It's totally fine. Um, and, but once you exit the station, you just can't say that anymore, man, because yeah. it just takes one sentence, one sentence to destroy your life. So. Uh,
1: yeah, well, it does. And especially in this world and it's dangerous, but, but, and in this world that is uh, incredibly stressful in so many ways, uh, just thank you once again for being a guy that shines a light and brings us thank some you. humor I appreciate it. If you don't mind, I mean, I, yeah, I, thanks for, for spending 45 minutes with us. Can you talk little, uh maybe tell us how they can get a hold of Fire Department Coffee? Yeah, Fire Department
0: Coffee. You can go to firedepartmentcoffee.com. We're uh, moving rapidly to retail stores now, but you can definitely get it online pretty much anything, any uh, type or, or flavor or blend that you would want. We have it on there. And then uh, we're also on all social media channels as well. So um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the fun stuff. So you can check out some of the very fun
1: videos that we are making uh, multiple times a year fantastic so check it out it's jason patton and jason again i appreciate your time i will be reaching out to you the next time i am in an uber and the guy shows me your yes. video <laughs> that sounds great thanks brother. you stay <laughs> safe i appreciate you too. You. you too brother save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app